welcome, welcome, welcome back to Channel KRT. I'm your host, better known as Tyler Green. And my name is Kit Quinn, and I am a big pile of nosy pie. Hey, I'm Randy. What the fuck is happening? Metaphorically, we are all nosy pie in this twisted pie tin of a universe. One might even say that we're all a pint of this universe. Ah! hey Waka waka. But let's see what our guest has to think about Nosy Pie. You know him as one half of the viewest YouTube channel. You know him for his Twitter feed, ET underscore no context. Ladies and gentlemen, Wesley Boudelier, welcome! Yay! Hey. Yay! How's it going? Going good. Uh, so let me just say, we've been sitting on this topic for such a long fucking time. <laughs> we sure have. One of the impetuses of this show was making sure we got to do this specific episode at one point, because we can't not talk about it. And Wesley, you are the perfect person to bring on, because you have the biggest history with it. So tell us what we're talking about today. Um, It's something that is weird for me to talk about with other people, because... Up until uh, probably a year ago, I didn't know anyone else who had ever heard of it. So now that I'm actually talking to three other people about it, it's kind of a strange situation. Because uh, for the longest time, I would mention Clown TV. I guess I should say what we're talking about. It's called Clown TV. And uh, no one knows what I'm talking about. And I'm sure there's a lot of viewers scratching, or I guess not viewers, we're a podcast, but... A lot of listeners scratching their heads when uh, they hear clown TV, but it is... Yeah, now that you mention it, it is weird that I'm seeing four total people who know about this. Yes. (laughs) We are the only four people who know about this, and that's what makes it so great. This is like letting everyone in on a little secret. So, for those who don't know about clown TV, the name is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin, as it's a bunch of clowns running a TV studio, but they're not just any clowns, they're dressed. Drag clowns. A lot of them are. Most of them are. There is nothing heterosexual in the slightest about this show. (laughs) It's a show that's been a big meme between Tyler, Randy, and I for a long time. And of course, I discovered it through Wesley's video and um, learning more about the history of it and learning more about the people behind it. And it is a fascinating piece of obscure media. Like, I'm amazed that even a lot of the big reviewers have never really heard of it. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that no one ever picked up on it because there's so many people that are dedicated to finding obscure media. But when I looked it up, and it's surprising I didn't do it sooner because it's something I've always kind of remembered like I would have the song stuck in my head and I never thought to like oh let me look up more and then when I finally did when I was working on this uh, series that me and my buddy Cody do called Nostalgia the only thing online was a clip from Clown TV that Terry Ray who plays Nosy posted he posted like a little snippet of himself as Nosy and in parentheses it says Clown TV think gay children's show and I was like I didn't see who posted it at first so I was like who's talking shit about Clown TV because I just assumed the worst because the internet is terrible I assumed someone was just roasting yeah. the show and I was like that's terrible and then <laughs> I looked and it was Terry Ray himself who is a gay actor who plays Nosy and is in this. And I was like, I have to talk to him and find out more. Yes. And yes. It, it worked out perfectly because he was the perfect guy to uh, to talk to because he got me in touch with literally everybody who worked on it. And it was kind of incredible. To be fair, gay is like an extremely accurate way to describe this. I mean, let's be honest. This show makes RuPaul's Drag Race look like 7th Heaven in comparison. 
Oh, absolutely. It's so gay, and that's, like, awesome. That is what makes it the fucking greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> On one hand, I do kind of like having it as our own little meme. On the other hand, I'm really excited for more people to learn about it, because I really hope, especially, like, a lot of the people who perform Rocky Horror and such will get to know this show and absolutely run with it, because it is fucking incredible. The cosplay potential in this show is... Like, out of this world. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. When Pride can happen again, I am definitely going to cosplay one of the characters from oh this show. Oh my gosh, please do. <laughs> Gay clowns, rise up. Oh, Randy, going off what you said about RuPaul, um, I totally believe that one of the characters in these videos has gotten in the fracking at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley probably knows who I'm talking about. Sashay away indeed. Anyway, catch me outside cosplaying as Crepe Suzette. <laughs> yes, well, you'll just be in a basket and then you'll be like a little pink puppet. <laughs> catch me outside RuPaul's house cosplaying as Nosy, destroying all of his fracking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you start singing the Nosy Pie song as you're doing it. <laughs> Everyone loves Nosy Pie, there is no doubt about it. <laughs> you see, that's what Joker needed. It needed a scene of Arthur Fleck getting some Nosy Pie. <laughs> Would have solved everything. <laughs> Joker needed more homosexuality is what it needed. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, for all we know, Harley's had a bunch of nosy pie, and that's why she's so awesome. I mean, Harley is a gay clown, so... <laughs> Huzzah! It tracks, it tracks. On a side note, I just realized there will actually be quite a few people who I think fit into this show, but so far I have Weird Al, Arlene Sorkin, and Paul Rubens. Yes! <laughs> Paul Rubens especially, yes. This is very, like, Paul Rubens-esque. It's very, uh, like, Sid and Marty Croft-esque. I think in my video I said it was, like, a cross between Sid and Marty Croft and RuPaul, which is probably the most accurate way to describe it. Hard agree. Speaking of yes. RuPaul, actually, here's a connection. So, when I was watching this, all I could think of, it reminded me so much of that video, if anyone's heard of it, Pickle Surprise. Yes. Never heard of it. So the dude who directed it, his name is Tom Rubnitz, and he made a bunch of other stuff like similar to that. There was also another video he did called Strawberry Shortcut, which is also hilarious. And I think RuPaul was actually in Pickle Surprise, but Clown TV just reminds me so much of that. It just has a huge chunk of just like drag culture in it. And I love it. <laughs> I kind of love how it's kind of a parody of how often public access clown shows work because a lot yeah. of them, like, say, Bozo the Clown and Ronald McDonald, I can understand that for a while a lot of people were like, eh, I found that creepy growing up. It definitely works a lot like a parody, so I have a theory that if this show had aired on Adult Swim, it would have done amazing. I said that exact thing when yes. I was interviewing, oh uh, I think, Sam Zeller and a few other people where uh, yes. he was like, if you put this on Adult Swim at 3 a.m. right now, it would be huge. People would be like, this is insane. <laughs> Absolutely, especially after too many cooks. Adult Swim did do something with clowns that was like in this similar vein of too many cooks, but it was one of those stereotypical scary clown things, and it wasn't that good. If you put clown TV on Adult Swim, I would watch that shit in a heartbeat. I mean, Pee-wee's Playhouse had a brief stint on Adult Swim, so there's no excuse. We gotta make this shit blow up like yesterday. 
Yes, it is kind of funny because I wonder if a big reason it was picked up to begin with, well, at the least, as you said, that they insisted that it was about clowns. I wonder if they saw the success of Big Comfy Couch and really wanted to ride off of that. Yeah, that's a good theory. I really don't know why. uh, uh, Well, for those who haven't seen the video that I made about it, uh, Peter Farkas, the producer, basically came to this theater company that a lot of these guys worked at. And was like, hey, I want you to do a TV show. And it has to be about clowns. And I honestly don't know why it had to be about clowns. He said, I think someone told me that uh, his kids liked clowns. And so that was it. I guess when you got that big money like that, you can just hire a troop of performers to make a clown show for you. That checks out, yeah. Before we dive a little deeper into the history of the show, I just want to mention my history with it because I actually kind of sort of found out about it before Wesley's video. So I remember in the past, I did a brief stint in gymnastics because I was inspired by a certain Phil the Future episode, but that's another story for another time. Um, (laughs) And in the waiting room, they had a TV with a bunch of VHSs. And the one that really captivated me was a VHS that I couldn't really remember the specifics of, but I remember the front of it had, like, two clowns on it, and it was... No way. Something with the title clowns in it, but I didn't remember what it was. Holy shit. The beginning of an era. It was fucking clown TV. It has to be. It It had to be. be. Because I looked (laughs) on the back of the... media! Because I remember looking at the back of the VHS and seeing, like, two people in plum clown costumes that I can easily identify now as Oopsie and Poopsie. Yes. But this VHS that I never even saw stuck with me for the longest fucking time. Oh, there it, it is. Yeah, Wesley's <laughs> Wesley's holding it up right now. I still have my copy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's it right there. But yeah, something about this VHS that I never watched just captivated me for the longest fucking time. And... It wasn't until I met Wesley in the podcast The Ride fan group because he plugged his video on the page. Once Wesley told me about his video, I was like, dude, this is the fucking thing. I, n- I never told you about this specifically because I wanted to wait until no, that's I awesome. got on the podcast to tell this story. But yes, like, I had this like eureka moment and it was so big for me. <laughs> Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> Out of curiosity, uh, what's on the opening and closing of the VHS? Does it have like any specific previews? Um, I don't know off the top of my head because the one time I tried to play this, like when I was working on the video, I tried to play it at my mom's house because she still has a VHS player and it was not working at all. <laughs> it was like oh. I could see it through the through the film grain a little bit and it was just fuzzy. But I want to say... It didn't have anything at the beginning or the end. But one thing I did realize, and I don't think I realized this even when I was working on the video, is that this copy I have is called The Clowny, which there's only two episodes. There's The Clowny and there's Wish a Little Wish for Me. And I don't think The Clowny is on this tape that I have because I do not remember most of the stuff from The Clowny. I remember stuff from The Wishes special. And I think they have the wrong title on this videotape because there was <laughs> stuff like the tutu twist that I had no recollection of until uh, Terry Ray posted the full episodes. Yeah. And uh, I think this is titled wrong. It's the other episode. I say this as a passionate collector of both video and music cassette tapes. Fucking tapes. <laughs> Fucking magnetic tape. And it's bullshit. <laughs> oh god, that means that it's a creepy pasta. We gotta run. 
Oh my god, hyper... What would it be? Fucking hyper-realistic popcorn or some shit? <laughs> do the tutu die. Tutu ah, did the tutu twist and she knocked a guy's head off. Oh my god. <laughs> and then I looked under my bed and it was an oopsie and poopsie plushie, but they had red eyes with blood coming out of them. The ice cream scene, but like poopsie just rips it off his nose. <laughs> And hyper-realistic blood just was everywhere, and it was coming out of my TV. What's funny is Terry Ray told me, I I didn't put it in that video, but I think we talked about it when I interviewed him again. Uh, Some producer, he didn't tell me who and didn't remember what the movie was, but they wanted to use a clip from Clown TV in a horror movie. Like, (laughs) two kids would just be, like, watching a TV (laughs) and... That's what would be on. It would be like Nosy doing his thing, but he couldn't get Peter Farkas, the producer, to give him the rights to it. He was like, hey, uh, we could probably like make some money off of this if you want to yes. call these people back. But he's, I don't, I don't know what this guy's deal is. <laughs> we could have funded a Clown TV reboot and they fucked it up. They could have made it like the banana splits and just go full <laughs> horror movie with it. <laughs> Fun fact. I, I don't know if I already said this, but... I'm sure you guys all already know this, but for anyone who doesn't, the Banana Splits horror movie was supposed to be the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Until, I don't know, they had issues or whatever with rights and agreements, and I don't fucking know what happened, so they just kind of last minute were like, fuck it, Banana Splits horror movie. (laughs) And then they made that Willy's Wonderland movie with Nicolas Cage, so we'll get a bunch of those before we ever get an official Five Nights at Freddy's movie. (laughs) Not gonna lie, I would kind of love a Five Nights at Freddy's styled game about the Banana Splits. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Part of me is just so glad that they finally took the L and just admitted, hey, maybe the banana splits are fucking terrifying. <laughs> Thank you. I just like that Hanna-Barbera is not afraid to like take their classic characters and just go batshit with them now. Like They have comic books where it's like gritty uh, Huckleberry Hound and <laughs> Flintstones and whatever. They just like don't care anymore. They'll throw their characters into absolutely anything. <laughs> Plus, they have Space Ghost and Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, and Adult Swim. So they were absolutely like, yeah, you know what? Let's have fun with these. Yeah, I wish more people would do that. I'm sure like 20 years from now, we'll see like the same thing with Nickelodeon characters or something. (laughs) I mean, we'll see how Space Jam 2 is going to play out in a couple months. So Space Jam 2 without the Looney Tunes, basically. Just like every character (laughs) you've ever seen except the Looney Tunes. Bring back the Dover boys or we riot. But we're talking about a different pair of siblings in this episode today. Huzzah! (laughs) So I really want our audience to go check out Wesley's videos on Clown TV because they are the best documented proof of this ever existing going into the history of it. But if you want to do a Cliff Notes version of it, Wesley, be my guest. Okay, yeah, we kind of covered some of it, but basically, yeah, they had a a, a children's theater troupe that they would do, and this guy, Jim Hool, directed all of these shows and designed all the costumes. He did one about cars, he did one about dinosaurs, and most of the people on Clown TV were also in those. There's a few, like Sam Zeller and uh, I can't remember who else, that they were just friends of people who were there, and they just called them and got them involved but most of them are from max's playhouse which was the name of this theater troupe that they had which i thought was kind of cool that the name max kind of uh transfers over to this yeah so they were doing these shows and they're really you can find some clips of them online one of them's called kid dinosaur and then terry ray's youtube channel has just about everything that exists from these but um 
they got approached by this guy, Peter Farkas, who was a porn producer and wanted to make <laughs> something for his kids <laughs> that they could actually watch. And uh, when they told me that, I was like, man, this story is just gold. This is better than I even expected. Yes. They told me like stories about going to meet with him and it was just like this warehouse in LA or somewhere and just piles of porn VHS tapes like <laughs> piled high on these tables. <laughs> and they're there meeting with this guy about clown TV. <laughs> and uh, the guy sounds interesting. And this is like the one guy I didn't get to talk to. They told me they all liked him. He was a nice enough guy, but uh, I think he was a little disappointed that uh, this didn't take off the way he thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish it did, but also I can kind of see how having a porn producer behind it would kind of kill it if news ever got out. At the least as a kid show. Or if like some fucking controversy happens where let's just say they send the wrong tape. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Uh, That's definitely possible. Oh, it's like that time that the Sesame Street YouTube channel got hacked and someone posted a bunch of porn on it. Oh, no. Oh, geez. There was one time. I think it was Disney Junior. I don't know if it was called Playhouse Disney back then still. I can't remember when this happened, but... Oh, yeah, Randy. I know what you're talking about. This was uh, Playhouse Disney. Yes, they were showing Handy Manny. And then Handy Manny turned into Handy Jobby. <laughs> I I don't know if there was hand job stuff. I don't I don't know what what kind of porn it was, but yeah, uh, Handy Manny turned into porn. <laughs> I'm gonna be forever laughing at Handy Jobby for the rest of my life. <laughs> this is a podcast about kids' media, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> so they made this show and they filmed it at an abandoned. I don't know if it was abandoned, but it was a, a TV studio. You can tell they shot like public access stuff there. They had these uh, this camera crew that Peter Farkas hired, and apparently the camera crew didn't really care about what was going on. They were kind of just there because it was a gig, and they were kind of laughing behind the scenes at them. And Jim Hool, the director, told me one story where uh, I guess it reached their uh, cutoff time, and these camera guys stopped using the big, nice cameras and pulled out a camcorder and started filming on that because they were that much of sticklers about the money, I guess. Assholes, man. Although if they did that during the nosy segments, I would understand. That would actually make a lot of sense. I was trying to pinpoint when they do that. And I think one of the nosy segments might be it because they really like tilt the camera and go in like sideways and stuff. Oh, yeah. Jim told me that if he had known, he would have done the entire thing with those camcorders for like half the budget and done like 16 episodes instead of the two we got. And I was like, man... If only. It is actually kind of funny because when I was watching those scenes, I was like, huh, so I guess they're doing more of a parody of like a docu-style series. So it was the best accidental on purpose thing, I guess. Yeah, it, yes. the whole thing looks so cheap, but um, it works like in its favor every time. Yes, it's so charming and how low budget is. <laughs> yeah, they don't try to hide it. They just highlight it basically so you you can't even tell at a certain point like what's on purpose and what's a mistake after they filmed it though most of the people i talked to didn't know if anyone had ever even heard of it and so when they heard from me they were kind of surprised they were like oh my god nobody knows about this like we never hear about it most of them had never even seen the vhs tape before and just assumed that nothing came of it but uh i guess i i want to know more about the whoever produced the tape because um, apparently Peter Farkas took it to some companies in Vegas and there was not much interest, I guess. And who knows how this tape got made or where my mom found it all those years ago because 
I gotta believe there's not that many of them out there. Yeah, I gotta wonder where your mom did find that tape. Because that's like a one in a million chance right there that you'll find gold like that. There's a page for it on Amazon, but it's not available. And it's probably one of those things that's never gonna be available. Oh, man. It's probably gonna end up like a day with SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully Terry Ray can find a way to preserve it. Because obviously not likely it'll get taken down by copyright because it's his, of course. But just in case, it'd be a good way to have a backup of it. Because we got to protect this like a treasure. Yeah, I have it saved on my laptop in iMovie. Me too. I have it saved on my computer. All right. So it is finally time to get into Clown TV and discuss the meat of this Beautiful, beautiful show. Oh, boy. Yes. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through by segment by segment because it's pretty much the same exact formula. But we'll also discuss the wraparounds because those are their own thing, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So the first episode is called Wish a Little Wish for Me. And so the wraparound plot of this episode is that Professor Smart E-Pants, the head clown of Clown TV, because they're all talking about wishes and shit. And the silent helper clown Max pulls out a wishbone and they pull it and the professor gets the larger bit. So he makes the wish to perform a music video on clown TV. And while they're doing that, there's like this opening section where the polka dots are running in and they're asking for Max for their various things. They're like, oh, thanks. If that was a snake, it would have bit me. And then it ends with one of them literally having a snake on their head. Then Max just laughs as they run off and you hear a scream. And I'm just like, Max probably helped that woman get killed. If it's a pet snake, it shouldn't bite. (laughs) And that specific polka dot, Laverne, she has all of her dialogue in this episode dubbed in because they forgot to record her mic in that episode. Man, props to you for uh, remembering not only their names, but which one had the audio problem because I could not remember. (laughs) One is named Maxine, right? Yeah. Maxine. I forget what the other one's name is. On a side note, I wonder if those three girls, because I know that you mentioned in your video that they play kind of a trope that's in a lot of Jim Hool's videos where they play triplets of the sorts. I wonder if they've ever played Crystal, Runnet, and Chiffon in a production of Little Shop of Horrors because that's perfect casting if yes. If not. That would be great, but I don't know if all of them ever did any shows like that. All I know about is like the children's theater company that they had where it's all Jim Hool's original shows, but all of these guys have gone on to do like a bunch of theater and a bunch of one of the polka dots I know was doing the Frozen show at Disneyland. Just playing like, oh, oh yeah, that's mom. right. I told Kit that. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So they, they've all done like all sorts of theater stuff. Sam Zeller, probably the, the biggest, the guy who plays Tutu, he is been in like every broadway show you can think of it's pretty amazing nice <laughs> also yeah. the three polka dots names are patty maxine yes, and laverne patty gotcha, as they mentioned gotcha. in their song in the second episode the polka dot polka <laughs> <laughs> which does not have weird owl on it zero stars <laughs> And it does slap. Yes. All the songs in this are surprisingly really good. especially really since good. Yes, especially since they have a lot of charisma when performing them, and they just are going all in on them. Especially the 2-2 twist, the Wishes song at the end of this episode. I fucking love 2-2's discography. Yes. <laughs> the conga song gets stuck in my head on a regular basis, and has for probably yes. decades at this point. Everybody conga. Everybody conga, like my new saranga, I made it for the conga. Keep those lips a singing, keep those hips a swinging. 
come on and join the pranga. That's crazy for the ganga. <laughs> and these are all songs being performed on like cheap Casio synthesizers, and they still fucking work. They yes. sound so fucking good. There's something charming about that cheap sound. <laughs> Absolutely. The way I describe it, it's 80s in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the same thing we talked about in the Big Comfy Couch when it's underscored by that synth violin music. Yeah. It's but... it's like that, but on crack. <laughs> and hey, the show doesn't have the Foley, so that's good. Thank the Lord. It's always a good thing to not have the Foley's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, Oopsie and Poopsie, their segments. God, yes. I, I love Because them. we have a lot to say about those two. Oh my god, they are fucking amazing. The Ross twins just clearly have such a fun time playing them. Holy shit. Yes. Their chemistry is so good. Like, that's, I'll probably say this a few times throughout, but they're one of my favorite comedic duos, maybe of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> they're so funny together, and especially the Wishes segment just kills me every time the wishes segment is fucking god tier comedy i'm amazed it hasn't become a meme i.e steamed hams because that is meme worthy right there i yes. know but i won't tell you <laughs> remember kids we're professionals <laughs> you can tell especially that they really have a lot of energy in this show like it feels like no matter what they're doing for it they just always perform it with so much hyperactivity and just all sorts of fast motion scenes and it's crack in the best way yeah crack will do that to you and then I also love the bit when they're like, today's show is about wishes. No, I wish today's show would be about wishes. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is that I think it's Oopsie that gets the magic lamp. It just randomly gets tossed to them off screen. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look, a magic lamp. And then they rub it and this fucking Barbie doll on a string comes down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And and she's like, ooh, I'm the genie. You can tell because my voice sounds eerie. <laughs> <laughs> that is an Animaniacs joke if there ever was one. <laughs> I love how it's just a fucking Barbie doll tied to a noose. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wonder if there would have been rights issues if this had actually gone big. Because these are clearly just Barbie dolls that they found and yeah. kind of like uh, put together Sid Toy Story style and like added <laughs> confetti and streamers and stuff to them to make it look like a genie. I love it so much. Yes. And they specifically play the synthesized version of the I Dream of Genie theme. Yes. In the background. <laughs> so maybe it's kind of for the best that nobody found out about that, because copyright probably would have made this show their bitch. Oh, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> we probably wouldn't be doing this episode in hindsight, so uh. thank God it's obscure. <laughs> so then what happens is this amazing bit where, uh, so which one is Oopsie and which one is Poopsie? I don't even know at this point because I asked them to, and I think the Ross twins themselves were even like, I don't remember which one I was. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Poopsie is the blue one and the one with boobs is Oopsie. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should mention that. There is a lot of clown cleavage on this show. <laughs> clown vidge. Clown tits. Woohoo. Because the polka dots have big boobs. Either Oopsie or Poopsie has big boobs. It's a lot of big boobs going on. This show isn't just for the kids, I'm telling you. Oh, porn producers. <laughs> it's like the tree in The Last Unicorn, just giant ass tits for no reason. The costume design in this whole thing is like something else. Jim Hool designs all the costumes too, and I'm like, 
how do you even do this? Because they look straight out of a cartoon. It's kind of incredible what he can do. That's another thing, too, because the character designs you highlighted in your video are literally the exact same. Like his sketches? As, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you still have those on you? Because I don't think Kit and Randy have seen them because they are amazing. Oh, I've seen them in the video. I don't think I saw them. I have one better for you, actually. I have sketches of clowns that didn't make it into the show. Oh, oh shit, yeah. I have two for you, and I don't know if I ever shared them in a video, but I will share them now. Ooh. This is Big Top. I don't know if you can see it. <gasps> oh, oh, that would have been badass. Yes. The hair. Oh, my God. So for those who don't see it, we're going to post these to our Twitter. So Big Top is basically the clown equivalent of the NBC logo. <laughs> oh my god, that's a perfect way of putting it. Because he has the giant oversized hair, and he has like this giant like peacock looking attire, and it's just so fucking cool. Yes. Just imagine those weird ship things from War of the Worlds, and the NBC peacock had a baby, and this is what it looks like. And his, yes. his hair kind of looks like a handlebar mustache. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yes. Oh, and also that baby ended up being Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's also got like a comically oversized bow tie because what clown doesn't have a comically oversized bow tie? It's very disco-esque. Yes, just disco bell bottoms. And uh, the, what they told me is this one was supposed to be based on Peter Farkas, the producer. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a, I want to say Eastern European accent, and so this kind of would have been Peter Farkas in clown form, basically. You know what else this looks like? This looks like if the NBC Peacock was actually the NBC Jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see that. <laughs> it's true, and you should say it. And then I have one other. This is Tata. Well, I can see why her name is Tata. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be Tutu's sister, and she was going to be played by Terry Ray, so he would be playing double duty as Nosy and Tata. She's got some, like, Jimmy Neutron's mom's hair going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, she has big Judy Neutron energy. <laughs> Definitely got a lot of Vanna White energy as well. Yeah. <laughs> Her clothes did not get vaccinated for measles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's anti-vax, but her outfit certainly is. Didn't Terry Ray say in his interview that Tata was supposed to be like a whatever happened to Baby Jane type character? Yeah, I was just yes. about to say that. That was kind of going to be their dynamic, Tutu and Tata. Which is funny because yes. they'd be like going at each other. And that's kind of already the dynamic you have with Nosy and uh, Tutu. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get even a slight hint of what that's going to be like, I think some of the um, contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race actually did do a Whatever Happened to Baby Jane parody. So oh, nice. <laughs> go check it out if you want to see what that would have looked like. <laughs> this is the stuff that really should have happened had... Clown TV become more than a two-episode thing. Yes. Because there is so much gold that was probably sat on because nothing else ever happened, and it really, really is unfair. There's so much hope for this, too. Like, if the drag community got a hold of this, like, it would blow up. <laughs> Holy fuck, I want to see that so bad. Yes. It's just interesting because drag came up a lot when I was talking to some of these guys, and Jim Hool was kind of talking about how, like, Back then, drag wasn't like how it is now, where a bunch of us could probably name like a few drag queens, like just off the top of our heads. But back then, it was really just RuPaul in the mainstream and like doing 
clown drag for a kid's show wasn't exactly gonna blow up. <laughs> Plus, I imagine if the show had gotten bigger, then probably a bunch of shitty parents probably would have protested it and been all like, Yeah, don't show this gayness to our kids! Oh, yeah. Something, something, the drag queen story time bullshit. Yeah, basically. Nobody <laughs> should be mad about that. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Listen, none of your kids will care who is reading them a story as long as they're re- getting a, a story read to them. Exactly. Ugh. And even if it's someone in drag, they're still going to be, like, asking so many questions like, Oh, man, your hair looks so cool. How do you do your makeup? Aww. So just don't be dictating what your kids watch and see. We grew up with him from the Powerpuff Girls. This this shouldn't be an issue for us. <laughs> exactly. Which, by the way, Tutu gives off huge him energy. I can oh see it. Oh my god. Yeah, there's another fictional character uh, Tutu reminds me of, but we'll get to that when we get to her. So, back to Oopsie and Poopsie, because this is fucking gold, man. Oh, Just- man. So then... They accidentally make their first wish that Poopsie wants an ice cream cone, and then Oopsie gets so pissed at him. (laughs) Want some? Want some? I wish you would get that ice cream cone on your nose. Stuck on your nose, and then it accidentally ends up on Poopsie's nose, and he's trying to pull it off. (laughs) He does a really good job of selling it, too. It really feels like the ice cream cone is stuck on his nose. (laughs) It does. And it also leads to the most quoted line between the four of us. Let's all say it together. Get, Get this ice, ice cream, cream cone, cone off, off my, my nose. Off my nose. <laughs> and also, you just gotta love that Oopsie is just trying to think of all sorts of other wishes while while his... Um, it, is Oopsie a boy or girl? I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I don't think gender exists on clown TV. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Oopsie is non-binary. There are no genders on clown TV, just titties. Yes. Clown TV exists in a universe where it's illegal to be cis- or straight, so... Everyone's just clown. <laughs> clown is the only gender in this entire world. In the clown TV universe, Sith's hats are the oppressed ones. <laughs> Huzzah! So the other wishes that Oopsie slash Poopsie keeps bringing up are a unicycle and a shopping spree at Toys R Us. And Toys R Us is no longer existent, so now that joke's dated. You know what's fucked up? I think the awesome kick-ass Toys R Us in Times Square. Oh, don't even get me started. I think they just ended up turning that into a basic clothing outlet, and I'm still mad. What the fuck? Like, at least turn it into something awesome, for God's sake. I mean, I'm so glad I got to go in there, like, only once. I didn't get to see the whole place, but that is such a downgrade h&m runway oh and fucking m of all stores god damn it we could have just kept the giant dinosaur in there for god's sake jeez if you're gonna make it a clothing outlet make it a hot topic at least (laughs) a giant hot topic in the middle of time (laughs) i would love that yes (laughs) what a shock breaking news randy wants a giant hot topic in times square isn't that shocking just a 20-foot Jared Leto Joker statue inside. <laughs> Actually, oh, no. Man. Giant Times Square Spencers. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so on to the next Oopsie and Poopsie segment, which is basically the same, except this one has sort of like a narrative device where they basically just recount the opening sequence to the Brady Bunch with a bunch of Barbie dolls. <laughs> 
And admittedly, I found this one a little less funny, but there were some really good parts, like the part where they're like, and then they go to lunch, 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 and then they just go run and eat a bunch of popcorn. Speaking of which, they really are just poking the bear that is Mattel's lawyers over and over again, aren't they? (laughs) The Barbie doll budget on this was extraordinary (laughs) like they're really going up to the mattel corporation like i'm not touching you i'm not touching you i'm not touching you i wonder if basically mattel may have ignored this because maybe they mistook it as like one of those dollar store barbies and was like yeah they're probably just doing i don't think mattel ever saw this (laughs) (laughs) did mattel avoid this the same way the walt disney company avoided escape from tomorrow yes absolutely except this is actually good so (laughs) agree at least clown tv doesn't try to make you feel guilty for feeling any emotion other than doomer (laughs) (laughs) so next up we have the nosy pie and nosy cake segments yes (laughs) and this is where we meet the titular nosy which he's a character oh man he's basically like if james from pokemon became a clown and was live action I'm so sorry, Kit. I'm so sorry. For a split second, I thought you were about to say James Charles. Oh, God. (laughs) And now I'm just imagining Nosy going, hi, sisters. (laughs) Oh, God. No. Well, James Charles is a clown in his own right, so. (laughs) Huzzah. (laughs) So basically the gist of the Nosy Pie segments is that Nosy is a fucking con artist who is trying to hawk his shitty cake slash pie. Because basically what it is, is it's just whipped cream in a can that he's spraying into a tin. And I would argue it's not even, like, the good kind of whipped cream because (laughs) you can see him mime under the table, him squeezing the bottle and pulling out, like, a fucking bullshit full of shaving cream. It's instant pie in a can. It's a quality product. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) It's like bread in a can, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Also, nosy pie's gotta be a euphemism for something. I just don't know what. I mean, I was seeing the way Nosy was holding the can and pulling up a big thing of white stuff, and I was just like... This is an Urban Dictionary definition in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Keep in mind, guys, uh, a porn producer directed this. I felt like Bob Saget would absolutely joke about that if he saw this. He'd be like, we'll discuss what makes you gag later, energy. Ah! Nosy sings a little song in these fucking segments, too. He goes something like, Everyone loves Nosy Pie, there is no doubt about it. It's fast, it's fun, it's number one, how can you live without it? Yes, everyone loves Nosy Pie, try it and you'll see. The only pie you'll ever buy is Nosy Pie. I think I've had this memorized ever since I was a kid. It would just, like, enter my head randomly, and it's like, what can you do? I'm not going to sing it out loud in public. I just have to... (laughs) I just have to live with it as it haunts me for the rest of my days. So it is a creepypasta. If I sing this in public, will I get my ass kicked? Probably. Yes. <laughs> I think that's why this resonated with me so much as a kid, because I was very much like a musical theater geek. I was the one like, singing Mr. Mistopheles on the playground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this definitely checked a lot of boxes. I was also very into like clown stuff, so like a lot of uh, like 1960s Joker and that kind of thing. I was all about clowns actually yeah uh i went to the circus here in georgia with my mom as a kid and um not knowing that uh one of the clowns was her cousin so randomly a clown says to my mom at the circus julie is that you and i was (laughs) like a kid at the time so i was like (gasps) i was like mom you didn't tell us we're famous (laughs) and she's like (laughs) 
dude, this is just my like weird clown cousin. <laughs> Don't we all have a weird clown cousin? <laughs> Hell, I'm the weird clown cousin. <laughs> Incidentally, weird clown cousin is the name of my Fountains of Wayne tribute band. <laughs> Also, I just love how nosy just goes to random people on the street and then just slams the pie in their face. I want to know where that intersection was. Mmm, <laughs> it's nosy pie. I want to go to the Clown TV filming location. Yes. <laughs> so yes. bad. Channel KRT oh tour after COVID. <laughs> I've definitely thought about that. I bet you could find that intersection fairly easily. We gotta investigate, get on Google Earth and start sleuthing. <laughs> okay, we gotta dox. <laughs> As much as I would love the idea of Channel KRT field trips, we would probably have to go to Neverland Ranch at one point, and I don't know no. if I'm no. ready for that commitment. No, no fuck no. no. I draw the line. I draw the line. <laughs> Side note: I would love to be the rando that some producer just comes up to on the street and says, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you let me throw this pie in your face." Yes. <laughs> one of those guys is uh, the guy with the glasses who wipes the pie off and says, mmm, it's nosy pie. That's uh, Terry Hastings who composed all the music for this. Oh. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, I was looking at him okay. and I was like, huh, he looks like a young Albert Brooks for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought it was like Harry Anderson at first. The intersection where they uh, throw the pies at people is more iconic than Abbey Road, if you ask me. <laughs> Who's the guy who played Bible Man? Bible Man is Willie Ames. I swear to God, one of the guys in the street segment kind of looked like Bible Man. <laughs> Did they cross over? <laughs> I wish I could remember who the girl is. I think it was just somebody who uh, was friends with one of them. Everybody in this is like a friend of somebody else. <laughs> like it's all just people. I just realized... Did Clown TV just Anita Bryant Bible Man? <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful if they did. Special delivery from the Orange Bird, bitch. <laughs> oh, God, that would be fucking amazing. For the record, Orange Bird is gay. <laughs> yes. Damn straight. So we go back to the wraparound segment where Professor Smart E-Pants is hanging out with the polka dots and they're trying to help him find what he's going to do for the music video. And they're like, hey, why don't you do a cover? Everyone knows that originals are the death sentence of musicians. And so one of them suggests the I Love You song from Barney. No escape. But also like them saying that, I feel like that statement would be true. If this took place, like, from the 40s to the 60s, the 70s onward, it was all original music that became, like, way more successful than covers, so. Oh, I was just gonna say, that line, that's very much kind of the vibe I got when I talked to Jim Hool, the director, because he does all these original shows, but none of them really took off the way they should have, this included, and uh, he said something pretty similar. Life is your report card, and you're getting an F. Yeah. <laughs> That stuck with me for the longest time. That is some god-tier poetry right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, he was always just kind of too weird, kind of ahead of the curve. Like, uh, in the video, he even says he did dinosaurs, and then Barney the dinosaur came out, he did cars, and then Pixar did cars way later, and same with Bugs, and it's like, it never really blew up the way it should have. It was called Dream Street. Ooh. And the lead is a girl who was in a wheelchair. She wasn't just playing someone in a wheelchair. She was actually in a wheelchair. And the whole oh, nice. idea was that she felt different and excluded because she has wheels. So she dreams of a place where everyone has wheels. So they're all cars. And so she's there in this world of cars. And I, I've never seen the show, so I don't know the rest. But just that alone, I was like, man, that is like 
that's perfect. Like that. God, I hope some of this stuff is recorded because it sounds legit fascinating hearing these stories. It absolutely is. And what I really like about his shows is that it seems like no matter the budget he has for them, he goes all out with them. Oh, One yeah. little detail I really like are the little CG logos. They're they're my favorite brand of early CGI, the kind you kind of see in like Veggie Tales and video games at the time. So I really like little details like that. I swear to God, it's like some sort of like early version of powerpoint i feel like the way they made those title cards and stuff is on a software you can very easily find and emulate if you have like windows 95 or 98 (laughs) any software people who listen to this show please tell me what program they used if you recognize it it's very like early cg like tin toy vibes like the creepy ass baby in that pixar short oh yeah oh no oh god Uh. (laughs) I definitely asked them about that, but I think it was one of those things where I don't know that any of the cast knew much about that, but I love that. That's my aesthetic right there. (laughs) I also love the little bit in the second episode when the polka dots are running up to Max, like, Max, have you seen my script? Max, have you seen my music? And then at one point, um, I forgot which one it was at the end, but then one of them comes up and says, Max, have you seen my clowny? And then Max almost hands it over, and then she's like, wait, and then pulls it over. Yeah, we should talk about the clowny plot point real quick. The other episode isn't as jam-packed as this one, so what they do for the clowny episode is that there is an award, a prestigious award that they give to the TV station, and they say, oh, only one person can have this. So everyone starts kissing up the Max because he's going to make the choice as to who gets it. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The clowny looks like Mr. Bill. (laughs) Oh my god, you're right. I was looking at that thing and I was just thinking, it kind of also looks so much like that little marshmallow figure that Ben (laughs) made in the episode. Could a depressed person make this in Parks and Rec? (laughs) It's like if Mr. Bill was a Pez dispenser, maybe. (laughs) Oh no! That raises an interesting point, by the way. Does Mr. Bill qualify as a clown? Uh, I definitely always thought of him as one. You know what? Yes. He does. I say he uh, he counts. I, I, I mean, his humor does rely on being grievously injured, so... <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the clowny real quick, because we're probably not gonna dive too much into that, uh... So basically it ends on this dumbass moral that everyone's a winner here, which... It was kind of lame, but... Is this why we're the participation trophy generation? To be fair, I also would not be able to choose a favorite between all of these guys. Boomers really were doing shit like this for our education, and then whining about how we're entitled. (laughs) Wesley, you raise a really good point there that all the characters are just so, so great. It's hard to choose a favorite. Because they're all written so well they all have like their own personalities and everything and they are all a bunch of fun they play off each other so well too and it really makes me sad that this went so off the radar that no one knows about this yeah especially since you can tell that smarty and max kind of have a pen and teller (laughs) energy like that definitely would have taken off i love that episode where max breaks his silence to say you need to shut the fuck up That's what he does at the end of the clowny episode. He's just like, you know what? Fuck off, y'all. This is my award. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that, but Max is supposed to be like a 
clown mime hybrid. He looks like a clown, but he doesn't talk. Yeah, it's definitely got a very unique energy to him. He's definitely like, okay, I'm going to use my face. Well, the actress, obviously, she's going to use her facial expressions to really bring a lot of character to Max. And I really dig that, honestly. She actually didn't talk to me for my video. It's funny because she just didn't want to because she was like, I don't know if I have anything to say. Like, she was just kind of like nervous about it. Like, she wanted to, but she uh, wasn't sure. And then she saw the video and we're like friends on Facebook now and everything. I think she wished me happy birthday. And she's so nice. And I'm like, I could have done it. We could have talked about it. I'm sure you would have come up with something awesome to say, but uh, she's really cool. All of them are really cool because any of them could have easily been like, dude, leave me alone. These guys gave me way too much of their time. I was just refreshing before this episode, looking at like the phone calls I still have recorded from them. And I would talk to some of them for like an hour. I was like, man, you guys are very nice to be uh, talking to this big dork about this thing you did 20 years ago. You know what would be a fucking amazing? I know it's probably unlikely because it's not super well known, but what if Purple Roads got one of them on the podcast? Oh, yes. yes. Purple Roads is where the guy who played Barney for 20 years, Carrie Stinson, he interviews people throughout the kids industry. So cool. Kind of off topic, but from over here... On the camera, I look like a priest. (laughs) (laughs) You do! I run the holy church of, uh, Tutu. And speaking of Tutu, let's talk about her segments, because, damn, Sam Zeller is such a talent. Yes, he is having the best time of his life playing her. He's just so delightfully catty. I love the description on the YouTube videos, how they describe Tutu as Oprah if she were a six foot four clown drag queen (laughs) which is basically what it is and i love it (laughs) but you also can't tell me if clown tv weren't running today there wouldn't be an episode where she abuses her interns she already kind of does she abuses that uh that poor prop girl yeah (laughs) there are no bananas where are the bananas well prop girl you're fired oh here it is Uh, prop girl you're hired again. <laughs> you know what? Where is my prop girl spinoff? Yes. I want to see the clown TV episode where Tutu interviews Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> Tutu's also definitely got a bit of a Miss Piggy vibe to her. I was just about to say that. Yes. That's one thing that clown TV, the characters all remind me of are just clown Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> Clumpets. Like, it's just a whole chaotic Muppet Show-esque kind of energy that they all bring to the table, and it's perfect. Because it's set in a TV studio, so that kind of gives it the Muppet Show vibe, but also there's a lot of, like, showbiz yeah. jokes, like, um, Nosy asking the boom operator if he's union, and, like... <laughs> Just stuff that, like, I had no idea what any of that meant when I was a kid, but it's, like, all these, like, fun little showbiz jokes like that. Oh, God, yes. And it especially fit really well into the 90s and how they would take any opportunity to really make fun of show business. And it's basically irony poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another character Tutu reminds me of is Peg Bundy. Mm. Oh, yeah. She has, like, a very Katie Seagal energy to her, and I kind of feel like... That if they did, like, a Married with Children parody on the show at some point, because it was still running around that time, she would have been perfect for the role. Yes, and Tutu and Sam Zeller ends up in Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) And like I said earlier, Tutu also does give off major 
him from Powerpuff Girls vibes. <laughs> they describe Tutu to me as a mix between Dinah Shore and Martha Stewart, which I can kind of see as well. Yeah, that's Yeah, too. I can see that. Oh man, does that mean she's friends with Snoop Dogg? <laughs> I hope so. Yes! Or the clown equivalent of Snoop Dogg. I want to see clown Snoop Dogg or we riot. Yes. Snoop clown. <laughs> oh my god. So we got to talk about the scene where Tutu's teaching us how to make a parfait because um, <laughs> Oh my god. The whole god. time I was just like I will not make the obvious joke. I will not make the obvious joke. <laughs> So the scene where Tutu teaches us to make a parfait, uh, she is a chocoholic. Literally, the only main ingredient is chocolate with, like, a couple other things. She takes a giant spoon, pours chocolate syrup into it, puts the whole fucking thing in her mouth. <laughs> it morphs his cheeks and mouth in, like, the funniest way, too. It's like... That's that's just <laughs> talent. I was amazed he was able to fit, fit that whole spoon in there. So when are we getting a hentai manga of that moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and how she just emphasizes nuts when she's like, and we gotta pour on the nuts, the coconuts. I was like, okay, subtly in the show is not only dead, it's been whacked like a dead horse. <laughs> if this show had even the slightest bit of popularity... You would see so much fucking porn fan art of Tutu <laughs> specifically relating to this scene. Especially with the fucking chocolate ladle. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna post that scene on the Twitter because, guys, you gotta see this shit to believe it. Well, now we gotta turn our Twitter to 18+. plus. <laughs> <laughs> and and we also mentioned the music earlier too, uh, the Tutu Twist and the Conga song. Both are bangers, by the way. I feel like the Conga song is low key racist. <laughs> I was gonna say Tutu's uh, backup dancers are the Ross twins pulling double duty. They are Oopsie and Poopsie, and they're her background dancers, which I did not know. And they was I was kind of shocked Holy when they told shit. me. Now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, I guess that's obviously them, but. The characters are so different that I never realized. At first, I kind of assumed it was just, like, two interns that they just stuck in clown makeup and just said, here, go dance, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they seem to really catch up with their energy, especially during the tutu twist, so I was like, huh, they seem, like, way more than interns, and I was <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, these guys uh, know how to dance, and the Ross twins played uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum in a Alice in Wonderland production, too, which I wish I could have seen. <laughs> Also, on a side note, this show absolutely would have had Gilbert Gottfried on it if it went on. But would it have had O.J. Simpson? No! <laughs> White clowns can't jump. The potential for guest stars is very high. O.J. Simpson, I feel like, is another thing we can't escape from. So we also have this segment where Tutu interviews Nosy, and there are just some beautiful... Beautiful roasts in this scene. The two of them together are like, they are one of my favorite comedy duos. And I do plan to watch your little show one day too. When is it on? Why? Right after yours, Sugar Plum. And you know what? If it didn't take all the king's horses and all the king's men to hoist that natural face of yours on and off, you might be able to catch a glimpse of it Ixnay sometime. Ixnay on the Acup May. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I'm overexcited. You're, You're overacting. overacting. <laughs> that was so fucking good. Holy shit. 
everything about this show is so, so quotable. This whole podcast has just been saying, how does no one know about this? But really, we mean it. How has no one ever seen this, ever? How are we, like, the only people who know this exists? How many views do the actual videos even have? Let's take a look. I have uh, episode one, part two up here, Wish a Little Wish uh, for me, and it's at 753 views right now. So that's a decent bit. Part one of episode one says uh, 1.7k. Clown TV episode two, part two, says that it's at 696 views. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nobody else watch it. We want to keep it at that. (laughs) There was also sort of a clown TV reunion between Tutu and Nosy, if you want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. I started doing a little uh, interview show last year because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And I was in the house and I was like, well, everyone else is in the house too. So I'm going to start reaching out to people and see if they'll talk to me. And uh, I talked to Dee Wallace. I talked to uh, Kevin Carlson who played Timmy the Tooth. And I reached out to Sam Zeller because I just had such a good time talking to him uh, for the Clown TV video. And by the way, Sam Zeller's filmography is incredible. It's crazy. He told me so many fun stories just about other stuff that I couldn't use for the Clown TV video. So I was like, I got to talk to him. Let's see, because he did Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby. Yep. He was a fucking Klingon on Star Trek. Yep. Wow. <laughs> he was a character on Imagination Movers, another show we gotta talk about someday, I think. Yes, oh my god. So he was literally Klingon? Holy he shit. He was, yeah. Oh my god. I just bet Days of Our Lives, too, which is a show my mom used to watch, like, all the time, and also the show that apparently is responsible for the creation of Harley Quinn. Speaking of clowns. Yes, that's true. (laughs) Without that soap opera, we would not have Harley Quinn. Oh, speaking of which, there is a Days of Our Lives Easter egg in Birds of Prey. Whoa, really? Yes. So the scene where Harley is taking Cass to the fun house and Dinah reveals what Roman was up to and all that shit. Renee Montoya, in the room she's at, when she gets up from the bed, the little TV next to her bed is showing... That scene with fucking Arlene Sorkin as a jester, (laughs) that is the exact specific reason Harley Quinn exists. Paul Denny was watching that, and he was also friends with Arlene. He saw that and was like, that would make a perfect Joker sidekick. And Harley was meant to just be like a one-off henchwench for like an episode or two, but everyone just fell in love with the character and just she just kept evolving and now she has her own fucking tv show now she's got her very own harley quinn show (laughs) i also forgot to mention during the nosy pie segments they have big energy of those commercials on the al tv sections in the weird al show without a doubt yes yeah i feel like clown tv is what the Weird Al show would have been if it had even less of a budget. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, if it isn't Al Clownstone. (laughs) The hooded clown venger. (laughs) And then we also got to talk about that scene where Nosy is forced to kiss Crepe. I will not kiss that dog. Kiss the dog. And then the dog just bites his fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) He'll make phallic references, but he won't kiss the dog. (laughs) Also, Crepe Suzette, the dog, that is a very... Very flaccid dog puppet. 
If you can even <laughs> call it that. I think the dog has been dead for like a year at this point, and they've just been weakened at burning it. I don't know if anyone here watching has seen any like Jenna Marbles videos, but Crepe Suzette gives off big marble energy. You're right! Oh my god! I can see it. The dog puppet is more so just a pink rug with eyes on it, and they move the mouth occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) When Jim Henson did that to make Ralph, it was charming. When they did that to make Grape Suzette, it existed. Hey, they needed a dog. They did what they had to do. And we also have the other Tutu segment where she interviews the polka dots, but it's barely an interview because she keeps talking over them. And she basically just keeps cutting them off. And then it's like that scene in Lion King one and a half where Timon is basically giving all the exposition that Rafiki was going to tell him. And at the end, Rafiki is just like, yeah, you summed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, oh, man, can you chatter boxes? Keep it down. We'll show your music video now. OK, <laughs> <laughs> the audacity. She's so full of herself. It's like <laughs> and I will say the polka dots have some very good chemistry. Yeah, but, um, one of them made out with a dog. (laughs) Yeah, that happened too. Who's the green one again? Laverne. Laverne. So, in the two-two segment with them, when they all had to kiss the dog, the other two just kind of gave the dog, you know, a little peck, like, you know, how you would normally kiss your dog. But then Laverne, the green one, starts, like, making out with it. (laughs) (laughs) No. And and two-two's like, oh, you keep that up, you're gonna have to send him flowers. Oh, God. Well, we gotta cancel Laverne. Sorry, Laverne. <laughs> is this why so many people on Twitter are messed up? Did everyone subconsciously see this as a kid? <laughs> Did Shane Dawson see this and then give his cat a look like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 nope. No. <laughs> if we're done talking about the tutu seconds, we gotta talk about the polka dot segments where they do their own little advertisements. Their PSAs and. Uh... Don't stick your nose in a pencil sharpener. Which, by the way, Muppets Tonight did that exact same joke with Rizzo and Gonzo. Tonight's first incredible discovery is if you put your nose into an electric pencil sharpener. Steady, 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 steady there, Rizzo. It's height! Which came first, Muppets Tonight or Clown TV? I think they came out the same year, 96, so... I mean, to be fair, sticking your nose in a pencil sharpener is probably about as big an issue as uh, climbing into clothes dryers. (laughs) (laughs) But, Randy, you gotta remember, how else are you gonna get that ice cream cone off your nose? If so, your brains are scrambled. (laughs) This is your brain. This is your brain on Clown TV. Any questions? I was going to say brains scrambled or brains pied. <laughs> also, we got to talk about the uh, cat hat. Oh, that section. Oh, the cat. That was, <laughs> that was probably the only part of the episode I found cringy just because they added in real cat noises. I was like, ugh, really? Oh my god. Oh, the poor kitty. That was the only bit that was very uncomfortable to watch. So basically, the gist of the cat hat bit is that the polka dots are doing like an infomercial where they're hawking these things called cat hats. But literally what they are are actual cats. Well, they're they're represented by cat dolls, but still that they're twisting into the shapes of hats. <laughs> and, and you hear, like, the screaming and the bones cracking from the cat. <laughs> it's definitely a little uh, jarring. I get that the joke is that 
they're selling what they call a humane alternative to real fur when real fur is actually more ethical than what they're doing. <laughs> but the sounds. If it helps, it's probably one of the polka dots making those cat noises, but that still does not make it any less disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the Netflix documentary says, don't fuck with cats. <laughs> Don't watch that unless you have a strong stomach. <laughs> and they also have kitten mittens, which they clearly predicted from Always Sunny, but I don't want to know how they made those fucking kitten mittens. I don't want to know what goes into dog clogs either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and don't let them anywhere near rabbits. <laughs> you know how, like, back in the old days, like, women would wear boas that were, like, entire fox corpses? Yeah, just rocking a pelt like a Viking or something. And they would be wearing that around their shoulders, and, like, that was a fancy feather boa or whatnot. That's basically what the cat hat is, but, like, less ethical and more disturbing somehow. (laughs) And what makes it even more fucked up is the cat stops making noises after it's all bent and twisted into the shape of a hat. (laughs) So, (laughs) just... Where does your mind have to be to create something like that? It feels like the same energy of sticking it to PETA by taking videos of your slaughterhouse. Yeah. (laughs) And being like, hey, PETA, what you guys do is wrong. I'm going to video myself murdering this cow. Guess what, fucknut? You're not better than PETA. Go to hell. Yeah, so the polka dot song is very good, too. I do like that. But let's get into the last segment of the episode, Nosy. Yes. The Nosy Show. Oh my god, I fucking love to hate Nosy. Chip the dog face boy. I love how that immediately gave me freaked flashbacks to Ortiz the dog boy. Like, if that wasn't supposed to be a reference to that, I don't know what would be. Yeah, speaking of things we gotta talk about on KRT. Yes. Apparently when my grandma on my uh, dad's side of the family died in, like, 1980. I guess my grandpa on that side, who didn't die until 2001, got remarried. And every time they talk about her, I I don't know if she's dead or not, I'm sure she is. Every time they talk about her, they always call her the dog-faced woman, so (laughs) every time I think of that, I think of my... I guess step-grandma, who I don't even remember. (laughs) So Jip the Dog-Faced Boy is supposed to be this running gag on the Nosy show, where Nosy keeps introducing him as this week's guest, but then like the show runs out of time, and he's like, oh, we'll get him on next week. But this show lasted two episodes, so he didn't get him on next week. Oh, well. (laughs) If this show went on longer... Do you think there'd ever be celebrity cameos? Yes. Imagine Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on this TV show. (laughs) I also got such a laugh out of Nosy having this giant purple crayon. He's writing on these tiny pieces of paper. (laughs) And I also got a huge laugh when he tries to do a rim shot with like this one drum and it sounds nothing like the rim shot sound. Also, I love that he keeps getting calls from viewers and literally all those calls are just telling him how everyone just loves the other shows that aren't his <laughs> and then in the next episode they do something similar only it ends with him trying to say oh yeah your show is the greatest show ever in the entire world and it's zoomed in on the phone that he clearly didn't pick up and he's just speaking into like another phone <laughs> <laughs> terry was like the one guy who they didn't really write anything for nosy they were just kind of like uh 
do your thing. Like, you write something. Yeah. And so yes. I, I don't know how much of this he wrote himself or how much he just, like, improv but it's crazy. You know what it also kind of reminds me of is Eric Andre. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> this whole show is, like, kid-friendly Eric Andre. Over a decade before Eric Andre, too, so it's very wild. Probably the same budget. <laughs> we gotta figure out how to make one of those we'll be right back memes, but with clown TV. I want to see them deliver a pizza ball so bad. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who delivers pizzas, I get time to deliver a pizza ball stuck in my head regularly. <laughs> His ranch segments are very much like the Nosy Pie segments, too. <laughs> Nosy is the original Eric Andre. Oh my god, you're right. We should mention too that Nosy's doing this all by himself, so there is no one helping him. So you get like all these fucking manic camera angles, and he keeps playing like a fucking cheap ass xylophone. <laughs> There's also the dog trick that uh, Nosy shows us, which is literally just a stuffed dog on a string bouncing on a ball. <laughs> It's that dog that was in the intro. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing some horrible things to animals in the show. Much like a real circus. He's very David Letterman-esque too. Like stupid pet tricks and uh, top ten lists, that sort of thing. Like Nosy's very uh, Letterman-y. <laughs> and he has his own laugh track too. Yeah. Because he keeps doing the lame-ass joke segments and he's getting not even a pity laugh. So he has to literally press the laugh track on his desk. <laughs> My favorite late show segments that have, like, been going on for a while are one where they just bring, like, exotic wild animals, and they'll just, like, put the animal on the desk, and the animal will literally just be, like, sitting there not doing anything, and the host is like, oh my god, is it gonna kill me? A grizzly bear? Oh, shit! <laughs> like, it'll just be, like, an alligator, and the alligator is, like not even doing anything it's just like frozen because it's probably stressed the fuck out <laughs> just being an alligator <laughs> yeah i want to see that nosy show segment where he brings a police dog onto this show and he tries to train it to bite somebody but instead it shoots somebody ginger <laughs> no <laughs> all right speak uh, I smell marijuana in the car. I'm going to have to ask you to step out so we can search. <laughs> no! Bad dog! <laughs> I guess we want to quickly talk about that final song, the Make Your Wishes Come True song. That's a great song. Yes. Yeah, so it kind of sort of has like this vaudeville-esque kind of vibe to it, I think. Because everyone gets in on it and they're all singing and dancing together. Yes, it's got very big a chorus line energy. So, any, any final thoughts? Honestly, especially after hearing Wesley's videos on how despite everything, despite that the show didn't really take off, it was really fascinating getting to really learn the history of it, and I really think it deserves better. Agreed. It goes without question. We don't even have to ask the question. Hard, hard, hard keep the tapes. Keep the goddamn yeah. tapes. I have one under my possession that I can uh, hold close forever and uh, make sure nothing happens to Huzzah. me. Huzzah! <laughs> But yeah, like I said, hard keep the tapes for me. Everything about this show just hits perfectly. The cast, the comedic timing, the music, the jokes, everything is just so, so good. And it makes me so upset to think about the fact that barely anybody has seen this show. Ever. Watch it. We'll, we're definitely going to link it on our Twitter. We're going to link Wesley's videos and everything because you've got to do a deep dive on this show. It is legit. 
fascinating in the best way possible. Absolutely. It really could have taken off if it really was given a chance. It felt like it really fit perfectly into the 90s, and it really doesn't make a lot of sense why it's kind of just disappeared after a while. I, It's a hard keep for me. Like, if this took off even just a little bit, I feel like this show should be, like, a major part of LGBTQ plus history. This is, like, gay culture if it were a kid's show. Exactly, yeah. fucking amazing. Yes. Like, if someone were to ask me to summarize drag culture, but with clowns, this would be it. And that's why we need to keep these tapes. Abso-fucking-lutely. Because it's just that fucking gay. That's kind of what Terry told me, too, that they just kind of made a show that they would have liked to have seen when they were little gay boys and girls growing up. That's literally what he told me, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it goes to show why kids like me kind of latched on to him as a villain. Because we were just like, I don't know why... But I fucking love this. Yes. <laughs> well, now I know why. And in the words of one immortal poopsie, get this ice cream cone off my nose! Get this ice cream cone off my nose! And Wesley, what do you think? Oh, it's keep the tapes forever. Get this uh, Lifetime Achievement Award somewhere. This is uh, probably one of my favorite <laughs> favorite shows. <laughs> Put this into the Criterion Clown Lection. Yes! Ah. You get it. Thanks so much for joining us, dude. This was a load of fun. Yeah, this is so, so great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, talking about this uh, wacky little thing. (laughs) This was the perfect episode to have you on for, man. Yeah, I I don't claim to be an expert in a lot of things, but I think this might be the one thing I've become an expert on. (laughs) Yes, you're its number one fan. (laughs) Hyperfixation is a hell of a drug. Fuck yes. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Okay, so Wesley, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, Just check out uh, me and my buddy's YouTube channel. It's called Viewist. And uh, we have a show called Nostalgia on there where you'll find the Clown TV episode there and a bunch of other uh, weird lost media and things you probably forgot about or forgot that you remembered. So (laughs) you can uh, check that out. And then, uh, like you said at the top of the show, I have a... Uh, an ET no context account where I post just yes. the weirdest ET media I can possibly find, and that's been a lot of fun. A lot of our friends have already turned onto that account too. So, oh, good. <laughs> I just gotta say, there's one thing I just fucking love about ET is just how fucking popular and over marketed and over merchandised it is. But no sequels, no reboots. Yep. Just, you basically have the one movie, and that's it. And yet... <laughs> I guess that sequel commercial that was, like, for a phone company, but that doesn't really count. I've always thought about how weird it is that they didn't do what every other 80s and 90s show or a movie did and, like, give it the Saturday morning cartoon treatment. Like, Beetlejuice had a cartoon, but they never did it to E.T. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> Part of me is curious to think, what if we lived in that alternate universe where we got E.T. Nocturnal Fears? Yes. <laughs> I'm too scared to even think about what that would look oh like. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Like, Sounds traumatizing. Yeah, for those who don't know what E.T. Nocturnal Fears is, they basically wanted to make an E.T. sequel, but just turn it into a horror movie where E.T. 
doesn't even show up until the fucking end of the movie. They basically wanted to make a snuff film where you just watch these terrible, terrifying aliens torture the kids for an hour or so, and then E.T. comes in at the end. I just realized one more thing about E.T. that makes it kind of unique, especially when it comes to the Spielberg Big Three. Mm-hmm. It's not based off of a book either. Oh my god, you're right. That's true. So it is a rarity. It is just one film, not based off of anything else, not based off a book, not based off a fairy tale, just pure original content that got super overmarketed video games, rides, merchandise up the ass, and. and you will just have this one single movie that is based off of, and I kind of love that. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, you can find me over on Mission Breakout on Twitter. You can find me on A Walking Pun on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on a couple of episodes also of Escape from Vault Disney. You can find me on Mission Breakout on Discord. Uh, you can find me over at Cosmic Rewind on Twitter, but the E is a three. Speaking of clowns, you can find me on No Context Harley Quinn. Yes. Now that's what um, we call a transition. This has nothing to do with clowns, but I also have No Context TGIF. And you can also find me uh, not just on this podcast, but on a few select episodes of Escape from Vault Disney as well. <laughs> okay, I got, I got one. No Clown Text Harley Quinn. Ah! Oh, <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at TylerFG, Instagram at TylerFG96. You can also find us on Twitter, channel underscore KRT Podcast, Instagram at channel KRT Podcast, all one word. We also have our Facebook group and our Discord server, and you can find me alerting the ASPCA about the terror of cat hats. And with that all in mind. Clownal KRT, cut to static.